and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello and welcome to The Schism. Today I'm joined as always by my co-host Adam. Hello everyone. And today's episode is called Gender Wars. And as it says in the episode's description, we're going to be looking at the ongoing war between men and women, not to mention the other 105 genders that supposedly uh, there are now. Uh, I actually did. I think you'll find there's 82 genders. Actually, no, on one list I saw there was 93. <laughs> actually, no, on another list I think I saw there was about 57. Yeah, well, we did look it up, both of us independently, and it was a mixed bag of answers. But the, the, the highest I found, that looked pretty official, because it was on a lot of the kind of the LGBT, like, diversity websites, you know. The official. The official, yeah. The official number that keeps changing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, 107. I didn't go through them all to see what they all were. But it's not just, like, obviously you've got he, she, <laughs> the regular ones. <laughs> then they, them, and all this other kind of stuff, his, her, she, it, it whatever. Well. But there's also, like, insane ones well, that just look like a load of letters. Well, there's some things... Like, like Zors and Xers. Yeah. And what, you're like, what the hell is all this? They're like characters from a fancy programme or something. Yeah. One of them is that they identify as an elf or something. Like I said, I, di- I didn't even bother to look through it because I was like, this is just mental. But I, I, I saw a badge like an, a, 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 that some LGBT lunatic was wearing, and it said... Every time you complain, we add another gender. And I just thought, that's... That's your argument right there? That's, that's your whole movement just summed up. <laughs> but they obviously thought that was like really clever. But, yeah, uh, I hate to disappoint everyone. There are only two genders. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. In, yeah. in part two of this, we're going to get more into the... Um, LGBTQIASDVUGWXYZ. It just goes on and on. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> Think was it Dave Chappelle just said, oh, "I'm just going to call them the alphabet people now." Yeah. You know that the letters are just they're getting longer and longer until the point where they can just slip in paedophile. Can just slip in a p. Yeah. No, no, no one will notice. No one will go. Hang on a minute. What what does that p stand for? Just preferred. <laughs> What, children preferred? <laughs> no, but they're not called that anymore, are they? They're called maps. Now. Maps, yeah. Minor attracted persons. Or a no-map is a... He- no-map, sounds like a nomad. They are nomads, mainly, I'm guessing. A no-map is a non-offended minor attracted person. They haven't offended yet. <laughs> no-map. That's what you scream at someone who's lost in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maps. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't sound too offensive does it maps you know maps. they're just finding their way maps That's no maps he's a no map he's not even got a map he's no threat to anyone yeah i mean he can't find his way out of his own sexuality so he's gonna get nowhere near you but you can tell already like with the language like non-offending like they're not i guess they have the urges but they're they're not offending they're not doing any harm to anyone they're kind of setting the groundwork aren't they for like like later down the line, God well, knows how how many years. But eventually, it's like that's pe- what they're going to be pushing. Paedophilia is fine. Yeah, they're no. going to try to normalise paedophilia and say, you know, it's just a sexual preference, like everything else. 
And they're already pushing this idea of like, there's no such thing as gender. Well, how long before it's, well, there's no such thing as anything. You're, you're only the age that you, that, that you identify as, like these trans age people that are grown 40-year-old men that are like, I identify as a six-year-old girl. Oh, dear. Oh, no, that's worrying. And you're not hoping to go out and look to have sex with a six-year-old young child, are you now? Um, no. <laughs> so that's why you're hanging around the children's play park. Now, um, before we get into that lunacy, we are going to go back to a simpler time to when there was only two genders. The good old days, we call uh, them now. The battle of the sexes. <laughs> how it's always been man versus woman, woman versus man. Exactly. Now, men and women fight anyway. That's true. <laughs> we can safely say that. <laughs> like, we don't need help from like the powers that be to stoke the fires there. Like We, we row a lot. Yeah. I can speak from personal experience there. I'm just having a new baby. The, the, the nine months of pregnancy before that, living with my partner. Now we have three-month-old child. There's been a lot of arguments. There's been a lot of rows. And men and women, we're very different. Yeah, I mean... We're very different. We're the polar opposites. Yeah, in so many ways. But we perfectly complement each other in other ways. And I think a narrative that's been pushed for a while now is that Women can do anything as good as men. We're equal. And it's like, okay, equality is great. Equal rights, fantastic. Should we all treat each other equally? Well, that's like, you know, love thy neighbour, Bible kind of stuff. I can't can't argue with that. But are we the same? Can we do everything equal? Like, no. No. You know what I mean? Like, there are some things that men are better at than women and some things that women are better at than men. Generally, on the whole, if you took the data and the like averages but you can get like crucified for saying that now you feel like just by saying well there are some things that men are generally better no there's not you know you you come face to face with uh, a feminist (laughs) (laughs) god forbid Uh yeah and you'll soon find out that even saying something like that will get you strung up might even get you castrized (laughs) maybe gotta be careful amongst them feminists don't do it in a steak restaurant when they've got a shiny little knife in no, front of them. Absolutely not. But the point is, girls were treated very different through history to men. You know, men more often than not were sent off to war. And like women sat at home and baked a bread. Well, before that, if you go back to like hunter-gatherers, be the man out on his own or with a gang of other hunters. If they were at the stage where they were living in like communities yeah. or whatever. Women, going out hunting whilst... Women making a fire. getting home. Yeah, getting all that stuff ready for the meal when it came back in. It worked for thousands of years. Yes. And, and even like in more modern times, you've only got to go back to say the 1950s or whatever where, you know, the classic like 1950s housewife. That was like the norm yeah. then. The man would go out to work, the, the woman would be at home, tending to the house, raising the children. They were the gender roles for a long, long time. Yeah, a picturesque version of the future. The blue-collar family, the man going out, his daily labours down the post office. Doesn't sound like a very interesting job. <laughs> but she would sit at home, and when he'd come in, she'd have the lovely roast ready. Yep, dinner on the table. Table, that was something from our like granddad's era, like when I get back from work, I want dinner on the table. Men definitely had it good for a long time, and there was a lot of men out there that I would say probably treated their wives like pretty badly. Yeah, because well, I don't think they appreciated that dynamic. You know no. what I mean? Men maybe failed. Maybe men got lost at some point 
when they had their housewife and they should be maybe more appreciative of the fact that she looks after the whole home. If she does, I mean, she could be a fucking lazy bitch and not do fuck all. <laughs> Come on, the bed's not made. No beers in the fridge. No, but I know what you mean. It, it, yeah, it was kind of not seen as a job. The man was the one going to the job, bringing home the bacon, you know, putting the food on the table. Oh, she has to cook, clean, look after the kid, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's not work. But it is. It is. Yes. Now men appreciate that more, I feel like. Like, they do see that as that's a job in itself. Raising a child's really hard. Like, yeah. I think men have a more of an appreciation for that now, as well as if a woman wanted a career or whatever, it's not a problem for most men. They yeah, can... no. So you'd be happy to have a working partner, especially with the cost of living in. Yeah, right. I want to go out and work and be my guest love. Probably more households than ever do have both mum and dad having to work, just, just for that reason alone. Guarantee it. But after the 1950s, when like the 60s counterculture movements kicked in and the, the whole women's liberation movement and stuff, like everything changed then. And you can kind of trace a lot of what has happened in culture since back to that point, I feel like. like we, we spoke with Mark Devlin about how cultural movements that seemed like counterculture movements that are grassroots were actually manufactured by intelligence agencies mm. like the CIA. Mark was talking about the 60s hippie flower power movement, which on the surface obviously seemed like, a, you know, it was kicking it back against the establishment. It was encouraging people to, what's the slogan, turn on, tune in, drop out. But what sounds very rebellious and anti-system, in fact, serves the system by pushing things like drugs. Okay, they were psychedelic drugs or whatever, but they were pushing drugs onto the population, these ideas about promiscuous sex, and all of these things, like, they're going to sort of destroy the youth from the inside because they are going to drop out. You know what I mean? Like, you're no threat to anyone if you're out of your mind on drugs and you're just, like, some layabout hippie. That was even people's, like, the, say, like, the punks, like John Lydon or Sex Pistols, when they're like, never trust a hippie. That was their problem with the hippie movement. They just saw them as, like, lazy, drugged-out layabouts that talked the talk but were never going to do anything to change anything because they were fucking hippies. Well, I'm not be funny. John Lydon, I mean, had probably a lot to answer for doing that utterly butley advert we're talking about <laughs> standing by his guns. But I know what you mean at the time. Men and women were going through this social change when, like you said before, the picturesque 1950s housewife now, that woman wasn't going to be the woman of the future. There was now a new type of woman emerging in the 60s, which was mm. a free, uh, liberated woman was now having sex with multiple partners and stuff what happened during this time was obviously because of free love inverted commas mm. a lot of pregnancies from relationships that didn't start with marriage and a secure bond it's almost built a path through mm. for a lot of single parent households in the future you saw the introduction of the contraceptive pill and the legalisation of abortion in a lot of countries. So that, that aids towards destroying the nuclear family, the depopulation agenda. Like, again, on the surface, you think, well, the w women should have the right to choose and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like you said, uh, pushing prom promiscuous sex and you can have sex with different well, parties. Well, it takes away the responsibility. They're also know? saying, and look, you can have the contraceptive pill and mm -hmm. just get an abortion. Like, which... When you fast forward to now, that's just got more and more and more 
extreme and then in recent times it's got massive kickback because the pendulum's swinging the other way and it you know that's still like a real hot topic even now especially in america but um that's kind of when it all started in the 60s and another thing as well was like getting women out of the house because it was like well women can now have jobs and careers just like men can and they were pushing that in a massive way and again that's brilliant women should be able to yeah. work get paid the same as men have all the same opportunities as them and if they want to be a careerist rather than raise a family or do both then that's, they they can they will have to get a nanny probably eventually yeah <laughs> or but, have a husband that does it because someone's got to do it but that's fine but that's the point is they have a choice yeah, yeah but from the angle of what are the powers that be get from it and what kind of things do they want to push on society moving forward well, they're getting two people out of the family now paying two lots of tax mm. the men and the women they're both going to work is double the money for them, yeah. double the tax money. And you're getting the women out of the home. Oh, that's good because the state, if they could, they would raise your children. Well, They, they don't want mummy or daddy there. They want to raise your kids. They're kind of banking on the desocialization of children from their parents because they're yeah. no longer in the home. Yeah, just the send them to school. Let us just brainwash them, take care of them. We don't want you... We want you two spending as little time with them as possible yeah. so we raise your kids, yeah. so we indoctrinate your kids. You don't really have anything to do with it. The state had it their way. They'd be more than happy looking after your kids and taking care of them because, like you said, Reese, they get to indoctrinate. They get to feed them the future or the perception of the future that they want them to see. Like I've, I've heard parents, even now, say, God, my children are so woke because they've been force-fed all this woke ideology from, from their school. They're so woke, I can't even have a conversation with them anymore. I, I, we just don't connect on anything because they think I'm a racist, sexist, bigot or whatever yeah. and mm. everything I say is wrong. And that, That's already happening now. Kids are going to school. They're being taught all this woke nonsense. If it's not about uh, you can identify as anything you want and there's hundreds of genders <laughs> or whatever, it's about institutionalised racism. The public school system's obsession with race and gender and all this identity politics crap is outrageous because it just it shouldn't be it shouldn't even be part of school no, no it's got nothing to do with anything why do kids need to be taught about this stuff especially when they're in primary school so when when we were growing up and we were at school i remember we had like sex education yeah at secondary school i mean we certainly didn't have it at primary school yeah. We were just too young. No. I mean, kids should be kept innocent for as long as possible. And I believe that any kind of sex education should be taught by the parents at home, really. Yeah. If when you're at secondary school, they want to, as they did at my secondary school, like show you how to put a condom on a banana and stuff Carrot. like that. I mean, think about it. It's, it's outrageous, really, isn't it? I thought it was quite shameful for all those 14-year-old boys <laughs> who didn't have giant fucking carrots as dicks. <laughs> yeah. My cock isn't this big. He's going to slip off mine. <laughs> It'll be like a wiggly worm in a balloon. <laughs> like one of them Haribo laces. That's true, actually, because like, using like some massive banana. I do remember being that sort of age and being like, banana? My, mine's like a mini carrot. <laughs> Looks like one of those like, small things that goes on like a dish in a Michelin star restaurant. I'm not even sure if those are real, those carrots. I know the ones you mean, like the really little ones. Yeah, you do always get them at them, like, 
posh restaurants and some baby carrots. Ooh. They, don't, they taste like shit. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're not great, are they? It's like some like, ooh, baby carrots. <laughs> some delicacy. No, you're right. At home, that's where the sex education should start with the parents do. If you are I right. I think so. I mean, I didn't... It felt a bit off at school, like having some sex education. But it was like, all right, yeah, I guess, whatever. But now kids as young as six years old are being taught masturbation, not just sex, but gay sex, like animal sex and stuff. This is happening in America, even in the UK. Kids that young are being taught not only all of that stuff, which is explicit, and they should not, a primary school, like they should not be teaching them that, but they're even teaching them this idea that we said earlier about you can identify as any gender you want, and you can. That's Mm. the point. If you want to get older and identifies yeah okay great go for it but teaching that to a young kid is it going to completely confuse them yeah absolutely it's going to distort it's like child abuse because you are indoctrinating them with something that they are far too young to understand Mm. that isn't based in not only science but reality and that is going to skew their whole view of reality to the point where they're not going to know up down left right whether they're a girl, boy, or are they, them, or any other pronoun that they can dream up. Well, that's, that's the difference, because at least when we were in school, I mean, the battle of the sexes was quite obvious for us, because there were just boys and girls. We had no one in the 90s, or even, you know, the late 80s when we were kids, in primary school, we didn't have kids identifying as that sort of stuff. And there we was cert- no one that was we- even out and gay in my school, and I had over a thousand kids. But it's right. Well, there was not. It wasn't being taught either. Now, you know, the controlling hands know that everything that they want to program and indoctrinate children with, they do it for the schooling system. Mm. So, if they want to start getting younger children to think, not necessarily acting out sexual acts, but at least start thinking it, they will. It's only one step away from that. It is only one. It's, step it's away. only one step away from Brave New World when they had that. Can't even remember. Sexual playtime. Yeah. And they're getting the kids to fiddle with each other and stuff. It's one step away from that. And we saw in Brave New World how that sexualisation of young children and getting them to behave in that way that early on completely shaped them for the rest of their life because they didn't want them to procreate. They didn't want them to have a family and just one partner. They wanted them to think the idea of that was disgusting Mm. and completely... Repugnant. The men and women within that book were not too far off, probably where women and men are now, because yeah. of them not wanting to have lasting relationships, being maybe disgusted by the idea of having, you know, just, just one, one partner, partner yeah. and then raising a family. family. Which that is happening in real time in places like, say, Tokyo, where the birth rate has gone way oh, down yeah, because all the young people aren't actually getting married and having kids. They're just living this weird dystopian life where all their needs are catered for. They've got, say, people that they can go on dates with, that they can hire for company or for sex. They've got friends, social life, career. The cost of living is really expensive, so they have to work constantly just to pay for everything. But they just think, well, I haven't got time or space for a wife and kids and why do I need to? All my needs are catered for. Like They can even go to like cuddle bars in oh, yeah, Tokyo and be like, I'll get my cuddle fix or whatever. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but they're already living in that brave new world. Well, yeah, and 
the funny thing is because all those things are catered for, where does that leave them? Not wanting. Not wanting. Mm. And that's the terrible thing because that's like true mind control is fine as there. These days, Reese, I think there's well, we know there's less marriages. We know more people get divorced. Mm. Yeah, and a lot more people now are just not bothering at all. Again, that's what the cost of living crisis does. People go, oh, well, it's too expensive to have a kid. Or I'll, I'll only have one child. I'm not going to have a second because I can't afford it. So the cost of living increases that. The jabs, I mean, how many schism episodes have we talked about the effects from the jabbing and the potential fallout from that being a large section of the population can't have children anymore? You know, this this is rendered them completely infertile the thing is will they care in the future dude they might be like well i don't really care anyway and then if all this new technology comes in like well you we can just grow a baby for you in an artificial womb they can do that but they might even get to a point where they're like i don't even want that I've got pokemon <laughs> i've got tamagotchi <laughs> yeah no but they might not even want want that or be like oh i, I have a virtual offspring instead yeah yeah well, people have virtual pets. Yeah, right. They? It'll so, be like, oh, some. I just, I've got my AI family or my AI my, children, my AI kid. Less maintenance. No, but they might not even want it. And I'm sure because they've already said that now they've got these artificial wombs and they're showing pictures. Oh, this is what a hatchery would look like. It's like there's your brave new world. It's coming. They've already announced that they have this technology you've only got to have people like the kardashians doing it and everyone's like oh well i'll do that instead i don't have to be pregnant for nine months which by the way my partner's just gone through even as the man living in the same house as her it was a friggin' nightmare (laughs) and having a baby is not a walk in the park either so you can understand like everything these days is about convenience isn't it yes People don't like the challenge anymore. It is a challenge to bring up a child. It is a challenge to maintain a healthy working relationship. Yeah, and to give birth. If they can say to women, you don't have to have the pain of childbirth and you don't have to have the uncomfortableness of being pregnant for nine months. Hmm. Especially if they said, we can genetically make your child so you don't have to worry that it won't look like you just because you're not giving birth to it. They could probably boast it will be even healthier healthier. and and the risk of complications or something bad happening like that baby being born still born or something is zero point something percent with these artificial wombs like mm. it's safer than giving birth it's more convenient last week we can check your your bloodline for defects yeah. you know we could eliminate anything that your child might suffer from when it's later well that that could be the follow-on step couldn't it like mm. them suddenly saying and you can what's the jamira choir lyrics again where he's like we get to choose the <laughs> now every mother can choose the colour of her child. That's Never nature's, nature's way. But it's true though. Like you'll you'll be able to choose the skin colour, the eye colour, the hair colour, the whatever. Like customise your child like you would like an avatar or something. Or like, <laughs> like you said, take defects away from genes. Or Get your child bejazzled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're not going to come out of some, like, Gorbachev, like, birthmark or something. And just get rid of anything. I thought I'd give my kid the elephant man's head. No, but you, you know, you'll, you'll be able to have a designer baby, basically. But that would appeal to a lot of people in this day and age. Because so, yeah. most people are all about convenience. There's people that have, in Scandinavia that are going out getting microchipped because they'll just be like, it's more convenient. Like, people don't give a shit these days. 
like I said, people like the Kardashians do it. And then how many millions of people around the world would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a designer baby. And, well, I'm not going to be pregnant for nine months. And I'll just grow it in a womb. And the point is, what if by that point so many people are infertile? You've got a bit of a children of men. Great movie if no one's seen it. Bit of a children of men scenario where women can't give birth anymore. There's going to be a population collapse, panic, panic, panic. Mm. And then the powers that be would go, oh, look at this new technology that we've just managed to make race against time a bit like the covid jab oh we've now got artificial wombs and don't worry we've just saved the human race but like but just like anything else in this world that will always come at a price the average person living in a tiny flat they are not going to have the money to to have a designer baby baby. no it will cost fortunes and would they be able to support it well i think the first danger would be if your child was grown in an artificial womb it would be the property of the state or the corporation. You know what I mean? You signed on the dotted line, right, we grew your kid in an artificial womb. Who's going to own the kid? Probably them. They're they're definitely going to have more ownership than they would have if you've carried the child for nine months in your belly, it's your your child. Suddenly, you're like handing that over to the corporation. You've had to sign a load of things. Who's to say that you wouldn't have to apply for a child like you would a mortgage and they look at your stats and go oh, oh that's not good you know you're in debt you've got health problems or whatever they had they have all your data and just go no sorry stamp it no not even stamp it just click a button <laughs> Beep. Yeah. no child denied <laughs> yeah and you'll just be denied i just had this funny like thought of children just being rolled out on conveyor belts with little barcodes on them yeah right qr this, codes this one's yours yeah well it's eugenics as well because they could make sure if if they were running it through in that way they could make sure that there wasn't any disabled kids there wasn't any deaf dumb and blind or people with any kind of learning disabilities it would be like we're not having that in the gene pool yeah hitler's wet dream yeah oh hitler's like strumming one off right now (laughs) no but frightening it's a eugenicist dream, isn't it? To that to be the future. It's like they become the gods, choosing mm. who gets born and who doesn't. And really, if you fast forward even further on than that, I think that the human of the future that these psychopaths would want would be a no gender human. Well, really, we have got a episode that follows this one, which we, yeah. which we will tackle yeah, that um, future. Exactly, yeah. Mm. We, we talk more about transhumanism and this idea of no gender humans. I mean, I've heard David Icke talk before about they're trying to confuse gender and confuse people about gender up until the point where they fuse mm. gender. To the point where we won't even know what is male and what is female anymore. You won't be able to even distinguish just by characteristics. Well, we're nearly at that point now. Some of these trans, you can't tell. I mean, you can't tell, though. That That's the point. And there's so many, like, in, in the world of conspiracy, I mean, there's so many people that people are like, that's, you know, she was really born a man or he was really born a woman, whatever. Michelle Obama is, like, the classic one. Yeah. Which, I mean, judging by the evidence there, there is a lot. There's a lot of it. There is. We, we, we'll get into that in the next episode as well. But you kind of can't tell. No. You just don't know. No. no. This, but this is what we've been brought to now. They want maybe men to be less of men and women maybe more like men. 
It's like a, it's like an inversion. It's kind of satanic in that sense. Every, everything in Satanism is just inverted, or everything pure just inverted, turned on its head, and that's what it sort of feels like, doesn't it? It's like pushing the sexes in the opposite directions to what they should be going because they just want everything flipped, everything inverted, everything satanic. So it was during the era that we were at school, leaving school, like in, say, the 90s and the early noughties, like this this idea of toxic masculinity started creeping into society in a big way. We were were talking about the movie Fight Club that came out in 1999 that kind of tackled this idea of, like, what it means to be a man and the fact that men were being feminised and they were having their identity stripped from them and they were kind of becoming these weaklings, really. It was the famous scene on the bus, wasn't it, with Brad Pitt and Edward Norton and the Calvin Klein advert with just the crotch. And the abs. And the abs, yeah, and that's how a man's supposed to look. Yeah, right. So we were kind of being pushed this idea of this is the perfect guy kind of thing. And the models during that time as well were always really groomed, weren't they? Shaven chest with the abs out and the perfect hair. The Ken doll. In the 90s as well, I feel like that, like this, this idea of men's grooming come through in a big way. Like suddenly it wouldn't be unusual, even for when we were, say, teenagers. I had some friends that had every hair product and were quite vain in that way. And I, I like never did any of that, but they had like the aftershave, the face cream, the special hair gel that they used. They put three, I put the hair gel, then I put the putty in, <laughs> then I put, and you're like, oh my God, then the sculpting. The sculpting glue. Glue or whatever. And you're like, what the, this is like an art piece. <laughs> Come out looking like the fucking Statue of Liberty. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, there was like lads mags as well, right? That would talk about, you know, would have pictures of like, babes and yeah. stuff but they would also talk about like men men's grooming tips yeah. and stuff like that so it's like this idea of this sort of pedicured groomed modern man that took care of himself and the gym going man died to come out all of a sudden didn't he now a man's gotta like look after himself healthily he's gonna start going out and pushing weights and, yeah you know. it's funny with like a lot of the like the gym bros and stuff like when you like fast forward to today and you'll have like guys that their whole Instagram profiles are just pictures of them in the gym flexing their muscles pouting at the cameras like it's very feminine behavior even though they're these jacked up dudes the way they're like posing for selfies like looking at the camera and you're like oh god this is so cringy and and some of it is very feminine in its nature one of the quotes from, from Fight Club is, what you see at Fight Club is a generation of men raised by women. That's, that's not how he talks in the film. That's just my generic <laughs> film voice. That's, that's kind of more the voice that like you hear on the trailers, isn't it? One man against all odds. Is it the same guy that does all the movie trailers? Or? He's got to be dead. <laughs> no, he's just someone doing the voice. Doing the voice, just someone doing the movie voice. A generation of men raised by women. Fight Club. No, but Brad Brad Pitt's character says that. Tyler Durden. And I, I think that's what what we were getting at earlier. It's like, what's that other quote about? Oh, uh, we have. There's been no great war or no depression. The great war is our lives. No, a great. The great war is with ourselves. And yeah. The great depression's our life. Life. Yeah. It, but at, at that point, it's like most men they hadn't fought in a war. 
So they weren't protecting their families by fighting wars. They weren't necessarily the only one in their household going out and earning the money. Yeah. They, they were being feminized by society. It was, they, they were, men were completely losing their identity. Whilst women have, had gained much more of an identity, the modern man was like losing his identity completely. And I think what Fight Club tried to tackle is like this idea of what it is to be a man. And, and maybe we, we need, you know, we, we, we can't go against our true nature. And what happens when you have a society that demonizes masculinity is some men that are ready to explode yeah i'm not ready to explode most moments of my life i'm <laughs> fairly placid i'll have you know i can't help but think of that in a, in a sexual way as well not ready to explode like that's the gender wars part two <laughs> episode i mean ready to explode as in crack <laughs> what well, another movie from the 90s where a guy cracked do you remember falling down like Michael Douglas's character oh, has yes. the day from hell, he's stuck in traffic, and then he, he, he like just loses his mind basically and goes on like he a doesn't rampage. Get his breakfast menu and lunch menus ready in the restaurant, in McDonald's, love, right? Yeah, love that scene. Yeah, so so there was a lot of that sort of stuff. But Fight Club is like really interesting movie. Like I know a lot of conspiracy heads love that movie because of the Twin Towers sequence at the end. Obviously, Fight Club come out just before. 9-11 happened, mm. only two years before. But, um, yeah, Fight, Fight Club obviously kind of uh, helped with the um, snowflake. That whole, you know, generation snowflake, because there was the famous quote in Fight Club, like, you're, you're not special, you're not a beautiful and unique snowflake. And now, a lot of these, like, wokists and stuff, they're called snowflakes. Or they were. Now now they're kind of called, more called, like, <laughs> woke idiots. <laughs> wokists. Well, I guess that's the one, yeah. But yeah, you obviously had that quote, you are not special, you're not a beautiful, unique snowflake. When he was talking like, you're, you're not your job, you're not how much money you have in the bank, you're not the car you drive, you're not the contents of your wallet. Yeah. You are not your fucking car keys. <laughs> yeah, you are the all singing, all dancing crap of the world. This idea of like, things that you identify with. Now that list is even longer. Mm. Now people are, are, you know, they've got their pronouns in their social media bios i'm a he she i'm a non-binary right-handed <laughs> gay lesbian da, da, da. it's just mental like the list of labels just gets longer and longer and longer well, that's the interesting point with fight club is trying to show you that identifying by a set of labels just makes you literally nothing yeah and how modern capitalist society dehumanizes us and just turns us into just a consumer just a cog in the machine and if you self-identify with nothing but a set of labels, that's all you'll be. Mm. I love it when people like David Icke talk about we're all infinite consciousness and we are all one. Like Identifying by a myopic set of tiny labels to do with like basically where you want to stick your junk. Yeah. Oh, that's me. It's like... What that's the most interesting thing about you, what your sexual preferences are. I don't want to know. Well, maybe that's almost the illusion outside the battle of the sexes argument, because even when it comes down to the, the granule level, whether it's man or woman, we are still just of equal consciousness. These labels that they're being constantly stamped onto you, whether it's LGBTQTI, how many fucking letters are they going to keep putting on it? We don't know, but every time they do... That's just another, like, wedge 
in, in society mm. will just throw up another wall between a group of people. Yeah. If, if their whole game plan is just divide and conquer, then the more you can divide, the better. So now if it's like a pie that they're dividing up, the, the slithers are just getting smaller and smaller and smaller because now people are not just divided over... It used to be a, a lot of classism. I'm working class. I don't like middle class people. But n- now it's like race, gender, sexuality, and then they're divided into even smaller slices. Yeah. Effectively, the end point of that is dividing and dividing so much that you finally divide everyone down to just being an individual and you'll never fight for anything if you just see yourself as just one person and not a part of something much larger yeah you no longer represent any sort of collective yeah you just see yourself as a sole person so you're not going to stand up for the collective and you're going to be completely powerless because you're just you you're just an individual you're not even if that even the simple idea of come on there's millions of us or billions of mm. us and only a few of them like it's such a simple idea but it's an idea that they don't want people even considering mm. so it's like no 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 it's not all of you you all hate each other yeah. you're all divided yeah keep fighting keep arguing yeah. don't notice that there's so few of us and we're running the whole goddamn yeah, right. show and we're the ones that are telling you to keep fighting amongst each other yeah their their worst nightmare isn't lgbt or black lives matter they're worse. That that all serves them. Them these these kind of agendas are orchestrated and set up by them to serve them. What their worst nightmare would be would be rather than people saying Black Lives Matter, if they were saying we are all one, mm. all lives matter. Like that would be their worst nightmare. Or rather than LGBT, a movement that was like exactly the same, like we are all one. Doesn't matter what sexuality so you, you are. are. Like, real <laughs> inclusivity. So, they yeah. they like their fake version, which is all about just dividing people. Anything that comes along that is genuinely like we are all one or whatever. Well, most people that kind of preach that message are just assassinated they're yeah. just shot and killed if you're like a john lennon like imagine there's no heaven like we're all one people it'd be like <laughs> get him out of the picture yeah anyone at any point that's preached that as a message has just been taken out there's going to be there's, there's always going to be a battle of the sexes and there's always going to be various groups that disagree with each other and all the rest of it but on the whole as a society we get on great and there is a number of systems in place like the mainstream media, government, all these groups that fund everything, corporations, like all of them in unison are all pushing these same ideas to constantly divide up the population. And we're going to, the, it, we're, we're going to talk about it in the next episode about a lot of this LGBT stuff, especially during Pride Month that you see where every company's sticking the rainbows on and stuff. There's a whole deeper truth behind that, that where well, yeah. they have to because there's now these governing bodies that are set up that say if they don't do this stuff and they don't meet some sort of LGBT inclusivity quota or something, they will have their funding pulled. They will be you know, wiped, wiped out effectively. So they have to do this corporations don't give a shit about anyone they don't give a shit about the people that work for them no. there's people like that work for work for apple where they, they, they've got suicide nets outside their warehouse because there's so many of them jumping out the building like they don't give a shit about the lgbt community or whatever they don't care they don't care of course they don't so People are fooling themselves thinking that suddenly, oh, these corporations, like they really care. And that was another message that was in Fight Club, you know, it's like they were shining a light on the fact that the world was just run 
like a corporation and how capitalism is just a, a con, basically. But um, another great quote from from that movie was, uh, self-improvement is masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of talking about what, what we were talking about earlier, the narcissism of like this self-improvement, but the to the point of obsession and, and, and the kind of grotesque vanity of it all. But that's just got more and more. Like Fight Club was before the explosion of social media. Oh, well, that's taking it to a whole new level. The fact that you can... Kind of predicted all of that. You could post a picture or a video of yourself at any point at any time and throw it out into the world and for that somehow to be an accurate representation of you as a person, being judged on only amount of views for 15 to 20 seconds of your actual life. Mm. It predicted so so much, didn't it? But talking of masturbation, I wanted to talk a little bit about porn as well. Because when we were growing up, you know, there was still like people would still buy like porno mags and stuff. But now, free porn is click of a button away, and we're talking I mean, everything imaginable, videos, you name it, all for free. I mean, it'll be funny if you got your hands back in. 99, 99.98 on the average porn mag. It was pretty... Uh, crusty. Lust, crusty and, <laughs> I mean, not the state of the magazine, just the, you, the girls that were in it. But you, used to fi- <laughs> you used to find porn mags, like, sort of ripped apart and just chucked in a bush or something. Yes. And then you'd, you... You don't see those missing blueies anymore, do you? <laughs> I miss those days. As they're, like, a couple of kids or something, you go, oh, and you'd be poking it with a stick, <laughs> like, oh, it's... Like crusty. These page ten and twelve are stuck together. <laughs> that's the one with her legs open. But Ooh. obviously, what? That's just some pervert with a rag mag just, just walking around, hacking one off on a park bench, <laughs> and then just disposing of the mag afterwards. Or maybe they've just like they're they're I don't know they're like some kind of a late night driver. They do a lot of like long haul driving, and they've just like chuck some mags out of the car or something. Oh, don't want these when I'm pulling up in the depot. <laughs> That's the unfortunate thing about that with, with porn magazines, isn't it? You're just masturbating to it, okay? It's not like you're reading much. <laughs> you know, you're only picking it up for that short amount of time you're strumming one off. It's not like you're going back to it later to read a few more chapters. People that read them, <laughs> they're the real perverts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The pe- people that are like, I'll read it front to back. Like, they're the real wrong ones. All the ads, both pages. <laughs> used to have, like, ones... Because you used to be able to just see them on the shelf. They, they were the top shelf, top shelf. admittedly. Mm. But you could still crane your neck and look up at them as a kid. And they even had, like, readers, housewives and stuff like that. It was, like, the babes section that would look like, you know, glamour models or whatever. But then there was another section where it just looked like your auntie or something. It was, like, readers, wives. (laughs) I remember as a kid being like, oh. That kind of warped in my mind a little bit. Like, oh, what's some Some men prefer? Older women. Exactly. But now, imagine how warped kids are mind, minds are being. They could just like, beep, 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 few, few buttons. And then they're watching like the most hardcore porn imaginable. And they can just watch like hour after hour, like just jerking off nonstop. Like, tea's ready. I'm coming. Literally. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like it's a weapon. Like porn is proven. Like it changes the shape of your brain. It really messes with your testosterone levels well, especially if you watch aggressive porn domineering porn when it's hardcore and the woman is well made to look like she's not possibly enjoying it or <laughs> that's, that's, that's one way of putting it yeah. no 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 it, 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 yeah it can be like a real like gateway thing to watching mm. harder and harder stuff <laughs> harder but 
it can also destroy relationships in real life because if if these people are getting like these like crazy dopamine fixes over watching the most hardcore stuff imaginable, a real life scenario just with you know Betty down the road like might not do it for them. For them no, you know what I mean, no. suddenly they're not getting that same release of chemicals in their bodies because they they completely fuck their dopamine levels well, t- t- through t- this hardcore porn that they're not excited by real stuff well, t- like t- stuff regular stuff i know the actor terry cruz uh he's the black fellow that's seen mm. brooklyn 99 he came out and said he had like a really bad pornography addiction and it wasn't so much the masturbation part it was the fact that viewing images and constantly looking at sexualized content was like a fucking fix a drug. Like yeah. a drug. And if you look at it from a scientific perspective, how it affects the brain and the body, it is no different from a drug. Except if it's for free and you can have as much as you want, that's the difference. Because even junkies run out of money to get their <laughs> next fix. Like, it's there for free. And I'm not being funny, porn doesn't rot your teeth out. <laughs> so... Depends. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. How much masturbation are they grinding their teeth to? No, but, um, yeah, what was that line in the Netflix thing? I think it was uh, The Social Dilemma when they said, if you're not paying for the product, you are the, the product. product. Yes. That's kind of what the deal is with free porn. It's like, you are actually the, the product. They are mining, not just for your attention, but for your, like, dopamine or whatever. Yeah. Like, you are the product. You're the one being used. And obviously, a lot of the women in the pornography, they're being used and abused. There, 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 there was even a, a thing recently did Louis, saying... Did you see the Louis Theroux thing last year on? Um, no, no. That was no, terrible. No, yeah. Yeah, like it, inside the porn industry. It was dark, man. Well, there was a massive lawsuit that went, I think, against Pornhub recently because videos on their site were of underaged, I think it was even trafficked girls. Right? Wow. And they were like, oh, we didn't know, and they took them all down. By that point, how many people have masturbated over it? Just a regular guy, like, oh, this video's really dirty. She looks well young. Oh, she's not liking it. I'm loving it. Yeah. And then afterwards, mm. it's like, she was actually trafficked, and that was rape. Oh. Oh. And she was underage. Oh. But it was on Pornhub. Well, they didn't oh. know. You know what I mean? So a yeah. regular guy, just thought he was watching some hardcore porn, might have actually now watched child abuse, rape, mm. and rape of a trafficked child. Like, <laughs> what? So it's not just dangerous for what it does for your brain and how it can program you to think about sex and women and Mm. relationships. You don't know what you're watching either. But the thing is, like you said, when we were younger, that industry wasn't that exposed to the young us, dude. You would have to go well out of your way to buy a porno mag or some explicit set of playing cards. That was a thing that we used to get. We'd go on a day trip to France from school and then come back, I've got the playing cards, and everyone's like, oh. They were all, they were all French chicks with hairy bushes. Yeah, right. And, then, and you'd get like the worst one and then like put it in your mate's bag or something. Ooh. I gave him the two of clubs and we all know what she looked like. Ooh. And And... You know, you would have to then stash it somewhere. Where the hell are you going to stash it? Yeah, that your, your mum and dad won't find it or whatever. But now it's like people don't even have to have a porn collection or something. No, no. Yeah, like I knew kids back in school that would have a porn mag stash. Or maybe they've even found their dad's 
Paul Magstash or their older brothers or something, or later on that, you know, far, fast forward a few <laughs> years to uni or something, and I had guys that had like, oh yeah, these are my like porno DVDs that I stashed somewhere or whatever. But the idea of you can have this universe of porn at your fingertips, oh, <laughs> and it's all for free and it's endless and it's anything you can dream of because you can just type yeah, it in. Yeah, it's not like you have to buy an actual VHS. That's like opening Pandora's box and then giving that access to super young kids that are already being sexualised at school and taught all this other weird stuff and then be like, there you go, there's a keyboard. Type it in. Type in whatever you can think of. What were you learning at school today? Anal sex. (laughs) Type that into the keyboard. And they're like, oh, this is how it's done, is it? Is the bondage gag always a necessity or... But joking aside, it is going to be warping young minds. They'd be like, oh, okay, like, so then you, then you start strangling her. Oh, right, that's just normal, is it? Oh, and then you go from that hole to the other hole. Oh, didn't know that, but that's what they like, is it? I mean, how many, like, young boys are there either that are being, like, completely scared shitless to even approach a woman because they'd be like, I could never perform like that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to disappoint her. I I don't think I could even strangle someone. (laughs) Or, like, they're going to think, well, why do I need a real woman when I when I can just like watch porn twenty four seven? Or they're just gonna have their mind so warped that the like, first time that they're with a girl, they're gonna pull all this really crazy stuff, and then she's probably gonna be so messed up in the head that she's gonna think maybe this is normal. <laughs> you see him pulling out this Karma Sutra and be like, "I've read the first fifteen chapters. I've got at least twenty positions nailed down. Obviously, I was practicing with a pillow, but we can make a go with the first five. Slow down." Yeah, I've got all the necessary, uh, you know, precautions and other items. <laughs> it's like a whole <laughs> deck of just like whips, chains, bondage masks. Dildos, the lot. <laughs> but you've, you've, of course, got things like OnlyFans as well now. So you've got like young kids on Instagram, that when they come of age, they can be like, oh, I'll set up an OnlyFans, right? And then sad men on social media or whatever are paying for this exclusive content which is basically them taking their clothes off and doing god knows what what else but it's pretty much like you know it's one step removed from prostitution it's not that different from being like a cam girl or something but it's being normalized like it's just an OnlyFans account i I think the, the worrying thing is that before with porn at least it's people that work in the porn industry it's not for everyone how many people grow up and get into the porn industry that really want to and aren't of some sort of background where they've probably been a bit abused. But the issue with OnlyFans now is it's like brought it even closer to your kids. Mm, into the home. Brought it like into- yeah, you're right. You don't have to be like at such a low point or so vulnerable in life that a, a, a life mm. in the porn industry is the only way out you can see for yourself mm. this is just something that's been introduced slyly through social media like oh well, blah blah at school's doing an OnlyFans I saw, I saw a video the other day of a teacher that was obviously doing a laptop presentation or something yeah. at school when he'd obviously stopped his presentation and didn't realise that his computer was still plugged in went on one of the students' OnlyFans and it uh, come up on the projector behind him. No. <laughs> but do you remember the pop star Bad Barbie, her yeah. name is? Yeah, well, yeah. 
she had this OnlyFans, and I think it's like broken all the records, right? Because it was like the countdown to when she become legal, when she was finally legal. <laughs> finally get to see her take her clothes off, mm. and but, I can't get arrested for it. But all the millions of guys, be like, it's not paedophilia because the clock struck twelve. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's such a like like minuscule difference, isn't it? She's just turned of age. And there was a big seller at like, oh, she's now launched the OnlyFans. Oh, time to celebrate. I can finally have a wank over her and not feel bad. It's oh. like, oh, God. Jesus. And, that, and, and she's proudly like saying, oh, I broke all these records on OnlyFans and I made like, I think, millions off of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know there was the case of that American girl who, or was it an American girl? Who sold, it's always an American she girl. Sold it's, her, it's much bigger in America. I know she sold her virginity to like a Chinese businessman, didn't she? <laughs> like, I won't be that, the first time, won't be the last. <laughs> that case came out a couple of years ago, but this is what I mean now. The prostitution or even sex industry work has become so normalised, it's, it's now within your home and, and even in your schools. Because what if you say, just a young person, you want to make a bit of money... More, most likely to be a girl. What is there to stop you setting up on OnlyFans once you become of a legal age? Nothing. There's nothing to stop you. Not realising that you could be, one, any data that you could be put on the internet could be harvested. Anything that you put up could be used for a way that you don't want it to be yeah, used. Yeah, and it's on the internet, so the chances are it won't disappear. It could come back to bite you at the arse. It, at the arse? <laughs> In the arse. <laughs> you might have... <laughs> that might have been part of the video. <laughs> I'm not judging. No, but it could come back to bite you on the arse at any point in the future. You, it could be used to blackmail you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, you finally started life in a new town, mm. new job, all the rest of it. And then this footage surfaces. Oh, she used to do porn. Oh, she used to have an OnlyFans mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And people can save. I'm, I'm sure there's ways that they can bloody, you know, save the, the videos or save the content, upload it somewhere else. Like... This is not going to... You can do that. I just hold my phone up and record as I do it. I mean, uh, yeah. You're, you're in the shot as well, but that's how you like it. Yeah, well, as long as the shot's high enough to what I'm wearing below waist level, which is generally nothing. A woman's G-string. No, it's, it, it's promoting like degeneracy and it's promoting not only porn for men, but being porn stars or prostitutes for, for women. The whole thing... And we're getting to this, a lot of this on the next episode with things like Pride, like a lot of Pride, especially when you see like the Pride Festival, like it, it's become degenerate. There's guys wearing like gimp masks and on their hands and knees, like leather, like doggos or whatever. And like kids with little like Pride rainbow flags, like stroke the doggo, it's a man in a gimp mask. <laughs> like things have just got mental. Like, okay, yeah, celebrate your sexuality, but why has it got to be this kind of, like, crazy, psychedelic rainbow bondage fest with, like, here's the next float that's shaped like a giant dildo, and there's a load of, like, leather-bound guys, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, oh, and here's a front row of children. Watch out for the water cannons. (laughs) Oh, they've made it, like, sperm. It's like foam cannons. Spraying all the little kids in the face. (laughs) It's candy-flavoured. I mean, how, I just painted quite a Big image there. That. Pride 2030. <laughs> <laughs> Coming, get it, to a town near you. But, um, staying on porn for, for a little while longer. Not much porn, longer. Porn has actually been used as a weapon of war. I've got a little extract here from, a, from an article saying porn and the access to free porn on tap is psychological warfare and has 
even been used as a weapon in war. In the early 2000s, the Israeli army pinpointed one of the most detestable sins in Islam and subjected their Palestinian enemies to it in an ultimate attempt of demoralisation. Mm. what we were saying earlier. Their crude and rather extreme choice of psychological weaponry was pornography. Israeli soldiers seized control of three of the four major news stations. Don't have that many channels out there, obviously. <laughs> in Ramallah, which I'm guessing is like a religious festival, right? And forcibly, forcibly played graphic images and videos on TVs inside hundreds of homes. Wow. Not only was this a moral attack, but it was a civilian attack, a step beyond the traditional military to military warfare. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine them just like flicking on the TV? Ah, ah, oh, just, get, just change the channel. Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on here, Channel 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What the hell is this? <laughs> channel 3. <laughs> That's worse. I'd say a, a modern day boy in the West would have been proud to have that access to that much free porn or that <laughs> terrestrial television. Well, just the fact that it was used as a weapon in war just tells you everything you need to know about it. And and everything we're talking about today, like this episode's called The Battle of the Sexes, like it is a battle, it is a war against us. Like there's a war to, like we were saying earlier, feminize men, there's a war to destroy the nuclear family. There's a war even through weapons like pornography to demoralize people and to breed this degeneracy in society and like we were saying earlier on a scientific level like fuck with men's testosterone and and make them unable to have real relationships and like you were saying by giving everyone everything they need yeah every dish that you ever want to lay your dirty fingers in yeah we've got it accustomed for yeah so we give you everything you think you need but actually it will just turn you into our slave effectively our (laughs) masturbating slave (laughs) in your wank cave just giving them more and more of what they want along with the explosion of porn on the internet you know along the timeline like In the early 2000s, there was a lot of, like, male bashing in music as well. Do you remember this? Like, TLC, No Scrubs, Destiny's Child, and their whole catalogue, basically. (laughs) Like, can you pay my bills, all this kind of stuff. Any song by Destiny's Child. Yeah. Yeah, on one hand, they have these songs where they sing about, like, women's empowerment. You know, like, I'm independent or whatever. I don't need a man. But then in another song, they're, they're saying, like, can you pay my bills and pay for everything for me? And I want expensive stuff. The mixed messaging that's going on again that's like polluting young minds like we're talking about so suddenly women think oh yeah like men are worthless and they're just all they're good for is just buying things and i don't need to do anything for them because i'm an independent woman or something they got this like warped view of what it all means well it kind of played on both the sexes isn't it it played on young women and young men because there's the influence going into the the feminine side, teaching young girls, oh, you can be an independent person, which is something that I would promote, but what, you still want to leech off someone. So you're teaching women strange messages, but then what do those messages out of the music industry teach young men? Because then they see themselves being vilified. Oh, well, they make the young men feel worthless. Like, I, I could never get a girl like that. The only... T- like, that's what these incels, you know, this, like, group of, like, men that hate women and they all go on the internet and talk shit about them and some of them even have gone on to massacre a load mm. of women or whatever. It's pretty 
pretty hardcore stuff. But that's what incels believe. You know, oh, women are only after men because of their money, and I could only get this kind of calibre of woman if if I was a millionaire. And women are so shallow, and blah blah blah. But you can kind of see why they would think that because this is the sort of messaging that's sent out through things like music. Yeah. And you kind of think, well, if they've never had a girl and they're being fed all this stuff, like, no wonder they feel this way. The same as, like, other men might watch all these videos. That's the hilarious thing. I mean, like, whilst they're portraying this message, they're acting like a complete slut in the video. Getting their arse and tits out, getting all their clothes out, woo-woo, shaking it for the camera, but saying, I'm independent and don't, you know, objectify me and stuff like that. It's like, it's so fucking warped. It's crazy. I just got pictures of young Christopher in his room at home. One minute he's watching a beautiful video of Destiny's Child telling that he'll never get a woman, but yet shaking all their shit out. And next thing he's like, click, boom, up. Right, yeah, because that's how it's polluting young male minds because they're starting to see women as simply sex objects or completely unobtainable because they only care about these things, which I'm not. Yes. So stuff that seems seemingly innocent, oh, they're just pop songs or or that's just music or whatever. Like we've discussed at length with people like Mark Devlin, they use music and anything within the entertainment industry to push out these ideas constantly onto people. If you fast forward to today, you've got people like Cardi B singing, I don't cook, I don't clean, but I've still got this ring, as in like wedding ring, but I don't have to do anything for my man. I don't cook, I don't clean, that's all beneath me. It's like, okay, fine, that's beneath you. You're like some multi-millionaire. You can employ a chef and a cleaner and a nanny and all these people because you've got the money. But you're promoting that idea onto normal society. Like, they can't. So where's that kind of thinking going to get them? Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to get them a man. (laughs) Well, I don't think any man's going to get anywhere near that with a ring. Because she's going to be like, I don't cook, I don't clean. In fact, I don't do fuck all. And he's like... But I better have an expensive wedding ring. Ah. (laughs) There we have a problem. It's funny because I was going to give you a Haribo gummy ring (laughs) as a joke. But I see that would have gone down like a lip balloon. How's a hula hoop? (laughs) The salt burns. (laughs) What's hilarious as well is Cardi B's married with a child. Say like Beyonce and Jay-Z or whatever. Most of these people are married or married with children. But they're promoting these lifestyles onto people. And you're like, but you don't even live that lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, they're like promoting the ideas of being promiscuous or not valuing men or whatever. But you're in a relationship, you're married. So they they don't even believe in this stuff. It's like a lot of these like rappers that are, you know, promoting criminal lifestyles. and No, they've never held a gun in their life. (laughs) Yeah. Never sold a bag of weed. But they make it sound cool, so young, impressionable minds go out and, and, and do, actually do it. Do that stuff. And then actually get in real trouble. Yeah, just wind up in jail or sure. flushing their life down the toilet, basically. Yeah. But they don't live like that. No. The people singing these songs, I don't know how a lot of them can live, live with themselves, to be no. fair. And we do see it a lot more. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, it's just just intensified Mm. more and more and more. And, like, you watch as well how a lot of men are portrayed in television sitcoms and even, like, TV adverts and stuff. How many programmes is the husband, 
the dad, where he's like, you know, the white male, whatever, they're portrayed as a lazy, ignorant, stupid doormat. That's that's just the character down, isn't it? Often a buffoon as well. A buffoon, or you know, the mum and the kids will be like, "Oh, dad!" Like rolling their eyes, like, "Oh," like, and dad's just the one picking up the bill, and dad's the one who's like, "Oh, dad's done a stupid thing again," or whatever. It's every show, man. Like they're just degrading men all the time. I mean, I know it's an animated series, a little bit different to sitcoms with actual actors, but even Jerry in Rick and Morty is portrayed as a very weak man. Yeah. Yeah, and Homer from Simpsons is stupid. Peter Griffin from Family Guy. Like, they're just cartoons, obviously. But you, you pick out any sitcom, it's always the same. Like I said, every advert on TV or whatever, oh, Dad's the, the stupid one, or Dad's just there to pay for everything, but he's the butt of all the jokes. I love the fact that, like, you know, Father's Day is still just the biggest non-event ever. Like, Pride has got a month. Like, Pride month, but then, like... and. Even Mother's Day is quite a big thing. But what? Father's Day, at least in this country, you'd just be like, Happy Father's Day! Oh, that, That's it. That's all you get. Did you not see that thing on Dave Chappelle when he was talking about the most celebrated holidays of the year? You've got Christmas, Jesus' birthday, and then you've got Mother's Day. So, like, okay, cool. Well, Easter's a few further down. Do you know where Father's Day is? It's 20th. There's some holidays in the year that even we haven't even heard of that are celebrated more than Father's Day. That alone... Kind yeah, of demonstrates it. And, and even most fathers around the world, if they were asked, like, what do you want? They'd be like, how about you leave me alone for the day? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask for any fucking money. <laughs> Just leave me be for the day. <laughs> no, but really, all a dad wants, oh, happy Father's Day, and like hugging a kiss or something, or a card. It just makes me laugh. Like, I, I like saw this, like, um, I saw some viral video of... Um, a, a trans male saying, oh, you know, do I celebrate Mother's Day or do I celebrate Father's Day? And why isn't there a day that's all inclusive? And, you know, we, oh we should just have... God, like, this is where the next argument's going now. Right, yeah. And I thought, you're complaining about that? Like, newsflash, mate. Like, Father's Day ain't even a fucking thing. And most fathers <laughs> don't even really want Father's Day. There's not a choice to make. If you want a fuss made over you, and you seem like the sort of person that likes attention, go for Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, because they get a lot more. I mean, they get <laughs> chocolate, flowers, possibly even a day at the spa. Which oh. I'm sure you'd perfectly like a day at the spa. Again, it will be like all over the TV when you're like, oh, get this for Mother's Day. And, it, you know, it's everywhere. Whereas Father's Day just like, hardly even gets a mention. <laughs> But yeah, men men are definitely portrayed in a certain way on the television where they have a certain set of characteristics and they're usually like weak, docile, what did I say earlier, doormats, you know, yeah. especially straight white males. You know, if it's a if it's a character, maybe a, like a black character, he might be like the cool guy or yeah, like know. a Chinese char- character, Asian character, they might be like the nerd or something. I do get that like all races are, are like stereotyped, but... Yeah. Males, and particularly white males, are always portrayed in a certain way. And as soon as you see it, you can't unsee it. It's everywhere. And it's all part of the same agenda to demoralise men, Mm. essentially. And that hurts both sexes, because the truth is, women don't want a man like that. No, They They don't want some weakling. No, they want strong men who can stand up for themselves, protect their family, even freedom of speech. They don't want a man who's not going to stand up and just... 
speak his mind, not just go along with an agenda. Well, we saw a lot of that, didn't we? Like bringing us right up to date, like in the COVID era. I mean, a question that we had at the time is like, where are all the blokes? Like we were going on the marches, it was mainly women. Mm, the COVID, there was no men there. COVID stank of it so bad because the only men we did see down there were like men in uniform. You remember we said a couple of years, the soldiers, mm. those sort of men. Those sort of men that I thought, oh, that's still a real bloke. Well, he's fought in the services. Right, yeah. So, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, well, this is the sort of character who he definitely knows who he is as a man. But, okay. like we discussed, on the marches, the massive absence of young men was outstanding. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And not people our age, because, I mean, you know, you and me are in our late 30s, but, yeah. you know, 21 to 30. Yeah. Guys in their 20s or 30s. 30s like, yeah. yeah. And they, and, and, and they were the guys that you were seeing constantly on the train or the bus or walking down the street. They were always wearing their mask. They were always doing everything that they're told, like, oh, scan your QR code. Like, there was no men on the whole standing up and saying, this is wrong. We were going on the marches and women had banners that, like, protect yeah, our children yeah, and stuff. It's yeah. like, where are the men? Yeah. Like, where were the men when they were sending kids to school and saying, right, the kids have got to wear a mask for eight hours a day and they've got to have these tests and these things jabbed up their nose and all the rest of it. And the men just sat idly by and said, okay. If you looked at the marches, the women that were going down there with all them banners were like strong women. And I can imagine each of those women that I saw down there, they didn't want a weak, masked up man as their partner. And the line should have been with the kids as well. Like Kids were at no risk, even if you believed in this the whole phony narrative. Why weren't dads getting together at the school saying, right, come on, a gang of us have got to go down there and say, we're not having this. If you're forcing this stuff on our kids, we're pulling them out of the school. And if you couldn't get enough other parents together, then... If it was me, I would have a right mind to take my kid out of that school because I just wouldn't want to subject my child to that. I wouldn't want to even go in somewhere where they were like, your dog has to wear a muzzle mm -hmm. for six hours. I wouldn't do that to my pet. So why am I going to do that to my child when I know it doesn't really make any difference whether they're going to yeah. get a, a, a supposed virus with a 99 point whatever recovery rate? It's insane. It was child abuse. But that's what they brought it forward to now. Dude, this this whole war against both sexes has made yeah men, men weak. weak, and now they can the the powers that be can get to the women and children because you've got to take the men out first. You the men are the first line of defence, and it's the men, the testosterone filled angry men, the toxic males, or whatever. Okay, yeah, there's going to be toxic males, but when some far nastier males want to like come some, and attack you. Like some Nazis. Or Vikings. <laughs> or, in this case, the people that are pushing these nefarious agendas want to come for the women and children. Well, that's when you suddenly don't mind your men being a bit toxic. Well, You're like, get involved. Stop this from happening. Stand up for us. Well, these but now were, men are so weak, they don't do that. These were the same men that were going off to fight in the Second World War. Believed You're getting all Piers Morgan about yeah, it. Yeah, but these are the guys that actually did fight. Yeah. And they fought against tyranny because these were real men and they recognised a threat could possibly obliterate Europe and turn turn mm. this whole place into a real nasty yeah. place to live. And they, and they did it for the kids and for the future generations Agents. to have the same lives and freedoms that they had because they knew that that was under attack. And that's what we were doing 
in the marches. We were being labelled as the opposite. You had people like Piers Morgan saying, roll up your sleeve and get the jab. People have fought in wars before. Why can't you do this? And you're like, no, people fought in wars like World War II to stop this from happening as if they would have been happy to think oh i fought and died in a war so in the future my grandkids Mm. or great great grandkids can get threatened like we're gonna stop you from traveling take away your job destroy your whole life and livelihood unless you get this experimental gene (laughs) therapy don't think they died for that they'd be like did the nazis win uh sort of (laughs) you know it's the complete inversion of what people like piers morgan was saying It's like, no, the reason we were taking a stand was against tyranny. Yeah, and That's and what the Nuremberg Code was in place for. You and me aren't exactly the manliest men. No, I mean, no. come on. We've you got, can we've go got to our Rumble video channel if you want to check out what, what we look like, but well, we're not a couple of, like, muscle-bound three, meatheads. Three muscles between us. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've got a muscle between us. But that's the point. You, you Adam's skinny and I'm skinny fat. But you don't have to be... This is like the idea of what they think a man has to be. I don't... It doesn't have to be necessarily a big, burly guy who who works on a building site. It just has to be a strong man who's willing to stand up for himself. and, And by standing up for himself, he can protect the rest of the people behind him. Correct. That is, you know. That's the definition of a real man to me. Someone that can stand up for themselves, stand in their own sovereignty, and stand up for what is right, no matter the consequences. And they could be scared. That's, yeah. that's fine. Just, a, a real man isn't saying, oh, he's fearless or whatever. No. no you're, you're standing up for what you believe in despite being scared. scared and intimidated. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. could be scared shitless, but you're still doing it well, because you know what's right and what's wrong and you know the type of world you want your kids to grow up in. Well, that COVID area was an experimentation for us as young men to see amongst our friends as other young men to see what they would do. And it was quite embarrassing. It was, yeah. To watch so many of my young male friends do exactly the same thing because they were afraid of going down to the marches because they could get fined or they were afraid to be seen not wearing the mask because some fucking idiot will see them on social media and say, I saw this person not wearing a mask today. All that fear of just not upsetting people we're talking about just standing up for yourself here and you could see that so clearly in the COVID area that a lot of strong men had now been annihilated out of society just because of the amount of females that were really leading the marches. Yeah, and it was all the nurses that stood up in the UK against their their jobs being threatened unless they got the jab. The majority of them have been females as well. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was strange because in other countries like say Canada it was the truck drivers I know. wasn't it I was, you can't I was, get more masculine I know than I was, a load of truckers. big shout out to all the Canadians yeah. we respect you but it makes me proud to be British because for us it's like they didn't even get past the nurses you know what I mean <laughs> they were like like fuck I'm gonna lose my job for not getting this shit it's not even tested it's like yes <laughs> that is blighty <laughs> there you go <laughs> it is a shame we didn't have the point is that there wasn't those men to stand up and stop that because yeah. as this country ground to a halt the, the men aren't about to do anything about it yeah. anymore a lot of guys were told in that era you have to close your business stop going into work all the rest of it for something that was you know like the common cold we would argue it was nothing more than mm. 
and they just happily just sat back on furlough. Where you're getting free money? Didn't give a shit about what the concert, the future consequences for it were. They knew deep down it wasn't a deadly threat. They just went along with it for the free money and just to like laze about. Or if it was their own business, they were just scared and intimidated. Yeah. Whereas. If more people had gone, fuck that, I'm opening my business regardless, you're not taking my livelihood away, that wouldn't have happened. But no. because the men were made so compliant, so docile, so weak, they just let it happen. And it does kind of bring us on to talking about this insanity that's happening in schools with like the drag queen story hour and, and all, all the crazy LGBT stuff they're forcing on very young children that yet again... The dads are just letting it happen. Oh, well, I, I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah. And you're like, drag queen story hour. Like, them four words should not... They, they should never be next to each other. <laughs> drag queen story hour? What, that's at the strip club, is it? <laughs> no? Uh, the fetish club? No, it's at the school. The school? Oh, I didn't think they were doing that in secondary schools. No, no, primary. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> it's insane. Who, who come up with that as an idea? I've got a great idea. Story hour for kids. Hmm. Nothing new there. Uh, there's a twist. <laughs> See, th- this, this one's got a giant dildo. This is the worrying thing that we have now, is this transition of where... Transition? Oh, hello. We will be getting onto that soon. But how things have changed, the fact that there's no men even about now to even stop stuff like that. Stop happen. other men... Because let's be it's honest, yeah. if, if these drag queens have got penises, they are other men. So they're, they're, other men dressed as women read stories to their little kids. And, and again, I've seen footage of them dancing and prancing about and pole dancing, little kids clapping or whatever. This is just insane. What, in another era, the dads would have hit the fucking roof. They would have just been straight down there putting the kids out of the school. They would have done. But now, oh, I don't want to offend anyone. It's like... Don't want to offend anyone. He's waving his fucking tackle in front of a little kid's face. I saw some... Sorry, I'm like ranting off, but I saw some at the Pride Festival, uh, like drag queen doing all his acrobatics in front of the kids, and his balls fell out. Oh, his, no. He, like, the, the tight thong thing that he's wearing. It was like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> That's wall- a story hour. Wardrobe faux pas. <laughs> I mean, what stories are they telling them? See... The thing is, this is what will lead us into our next episode, is when we were growing up, you would eventually come in contact with people that probably would like to dress in drag eventually. You would be allowed to find your own way, just through growing up, through asking questions, not from having it be taught to you. I know, you don't need it foisted upon you when you're very young. Yeah, you sort of... This is what I worry about, is the kids now have to be taught everything... And we've got no mum and dad about anymore because they're both working so fucking hard at home to combat everything they're being taught in school when especially have their drag queens come and talk stuff to them. Confusing them about sexuality at such a young age. Such a young age. Before before they've even figured out. Before these kids, these kids actually might grow up to be homosexuals, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But why... Well, you're why not? Te- and why let them discover that themselves? Well, and you're you're also teaching kids you can identify as anything that you want when they're a, a, like Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons sort of age. Like, I want to be a fire engine. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying like they're suddenly like, wow, I didn't know that. What you can identify as any gender you want. So even though I'm born 
a boy, if I want to just change to a girl, I can. And, and, and if I want, can I just change back again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is that going to do to a child's, like, young mind? I mean, They're just going to be like, wow. Oh, look, I'm four years old and I can go to the doctor and, and, I, can, and, and I can be Tommy tomorrow. Yeah. And then if I don't like that, I can be Claire again by Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, sorry, that as a young child being taught that you could change your sex like that. It's... It's so confusing, even for me. <laughs> even for an adult, I'm like, there's a hundred... How many genders? And what the hell... You can identify as anything that you... Isn't that a mental disorder? This literally <laughs> makes sense. If I can't fathom it, how is a little kid going to wrap their mind around I mean, it? Like, oh, okay, gender's just a, like, a construct, is it? Like, you know I don't what? think so. This is mental, because if any kids 20 years ago in school were going around saying they identified as pieces of fruit, <laughs> I guarantee they'd all be sectioned. Well, I've heard people make the case of like, if you said, for example, I feel like my right arm doesn't belong to me. I've, I've always felt this way. And now it's become such a problem. And I just want to feel like the real me, the me inside. I want you, doctor, to chop my arm off. No doctor on the planet is going to do that. And I think we talked about this with Richard Grannon, Richard Grannon mm, right? Brilliant. So why is it acceptable now to mutilate people's genitals and change their sex. Oh, because they don't identify as a certain thing. It doesn't make sense. If, if the, the same as if someone was a schizophrenic and they were saying, oh, you have to refer to me as they, them. Because there's a few of us up there pointing to their head. Like, you just think, oh, I'm not going to... Well, I don't think that's going to help playing into your, men, your like, delusion. No. So I, I'm not going to partake in that. But when it's to do with sexuality... This is all normal suddenly. Oh, no, 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 it is normal. It's like it's not normal. And it wouldn't be normal in any other context. No. And the strangest thing is a lot of this all comes down to just how people feel about themselves and stuff, really. And unfortunately, in this world and day and age, we're taught not to feel good about ourselves and we're taught to change ourselves as much as we can. So you obviously had in the era just before COVID as well, the Me Too movement was like massive wasn't it It just went completely viral we had i mean my whole feed was of women and young girls like sharing their experiences and they kind of ranged from like really horrific stuff to girls literally posting stories about this guy grabbed my ass or whatever i mean it got to a point where it was just it was just ridiculous but you know that didn't Okay, yes, that helped expose a lot of predators and some high-profile people. It was during the whole Weinstein thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But Tr- Trump helped push that along a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grab him by the pussy. Yeah, like, right. Thank, thanks, Donald. That's yeah, really well, helped. There was another massive talk going on then about locker room talk and toxic masculinity come back into the conversation again in like a big way. And there was even like... There was like an advert, do you remember? Gillette advert after the Me Too movement where Gillette had had this rebrand where they were like, Gillette, like, be the best. Be the best man that you can be. Yeah. Like, the best that you can get. It was like, are we really being the best we can be? Come on, guys, we can try harder. <laughs> and like, the advert had like two kids that were like play fighting and the dad bent down like, come on, kids, that's not how we play together. Calling other guys out for like catcalling to women. And this is just an advert for a shaver. Yeah. And it's like, again, just attacking you as a man. Like, come on, guys, like, we can be better. It's like, you're selling me a fucking shaver. You want to fuck off? If you're old enough to shave, you're old enough to treat a woman well. (laughs) (laughs) Break up them kids play fighting. That's not nice. You know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with kids play fighting, for example? 
and, 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 and they kept saying in the advert, boys will be boys. And it's like, well, sometimes you need to let, especially with boys, like, let them have a scrap. Let them find out the hard way. Let them have accidents so they learn. Let them, you have to give them, you can't keep them on this tight leash because boys will be boys. Yeah. You've got to, like, they're, they're demonising something that is actually how you raise a decent young man. Well, you keep a young boy or man on that short leash, they just become too sheltered. They either become too sheltered or later on in life they go completely crazy once they can fly the nest and they don't have the tight rein on them anymore. Yeah. They, ju- they, they just go nuts because they've had such like, restrictions put on them their whole life. But yeah, it bre- like, like, like you said, it breeds like weaklings as well, which is a massive part of this agenda. It's to breed weak men and infantilised males as mm. well. Men being treated like children, so they act in turn. You know, something that I've noticed is that a lot of men even dress like children. You'll see a guy with his child, and the kid's got a little pair of trainers and a pair of like khaki shorts and, and like a polo, and the dad's dressed exactly the, the same. same. It's like dad's dressed like kids now. Like, go back in time, and there was like <laughs> the guy wearing like trench coat, suit, bowler hat, and then a little kid, you know, looking like a little kid. And now it's like the dad just looks like an overgrown toddler. Well, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's weird. Well, it's the thing that. The, the whole Me Too movement did actually help with a few things. It did obviously uncover the nature of certain men that were being predators, but it only just hit the nail much further into the coffin for normal blokes who now were afraid just to go around the office and just maybe touch a female shoulder like, Morning, Janice. Oh my God, rape, rape. And he's like, <laughs> me too, me too. And he's like, Jesus, I was just saying good morning. Oh, I'm, I'm really starving. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, sexist, chivalrous pig. Basically, there was a lot of men who genuinely are good-hearted and kind-hearted and good-natured. They're already afraid to speak to women. Women. <laughs> and now you just drove them further away from the walk machine. I don't want a Me Too hashtag about me. God. We were dancing close. I mean, my hand just went there. I, I, I didn't realise she was going to do a hashtag about it. <laughs> I mean, crikey, I only looked at her at the end of the bar. I wasn't perving. I didn't even look in that area, if you know what I mean. It was all eye contact, I swear. He eye-raped me. That's a thing now. Bow, <laughs> bow. Yeah, guys are just like, just look at the phone. Just look at the phone. <laughs> They're looking down at the phone. It's just constant me too hashtags. Oh, God. I'm just going to go home. Watch some porn. <laughs> yeah, click, click. <laughs> but you've got like the, the, the rise of these super alpha males, like people like Conor McGregor or Andrew Tate. And they're almost like these cartoon versions. Of, like, this is what a man is. But again, it's like off the ball. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not what a man is. Like, you know, like you see him out with like a not Conor McGregor. I know he's got like a wife, but Andrew Tate might have like a gaggle of like women with him or whatever. Yeah. Or well, what's what's that other guy? Dan Bilzerian or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. the dude is like a modern day Hugh Hefner. Like, <laughs> got all the girls. Like, that's not what being a real man is. Do you know what I mean? Nah. It's laughable. It's and it's pathetic and just weird and worrying. I mean, I've never looked at Hugh Hefner and thought cool guy he's the man we just thought weirdo weirdo especially when he got older it's just like yeah just give it up mate i know and the girls are like yeah you can't really get it up now so you don't have to do too much work but yeah it's kind of gross no i make him take his dentures out (laughs) they are good representations because the way they dress 
they dress like on all these sort of clothes, <laughs> like super tight jackets. Mm. Yeah, like shirts. suits, but the, the show off all their muscles. Muscles that are bulging through. And I'm like, well, no man in his right mind, if he was that big, would buy himself a suit that tight fitting. They just want it at any chance they've got to show off the muscles. So, okay, well, that, that showing off thing, that goes back to women's behaviour. With the camera, my makeup, mm. my hair. And they're like sort of peacocking. Peacocking. And like, it's, it's so like over the top. They've got their big cigars and like, it's kind of ridiculous. But then the people that are worshipping these people, they're not dressing in a suit. They're dressed like an overgrown toddler. They're not smoking a cigar. They're like smoking like a flavoured vape. I know you've got one. <laughs> no offence. No, but do you know what I mean? It, it like, but, but you don't worship these types of characters. That's the difference. But it's like, they're not... They're not like that. No. That's what I'm saying. So they're living vicariously through these people. They almost like give them that fix. Well, I'm just a, a little weakling, mask-wearing, flavoured vape-chuffing <laughs> virus with shoes. <laughs> but, I, but I can worship these like false idols, these like, ultra-macho men, just think, yeah, wow. Yeah, like, I know. Again, it's sort of portraying like the same bling-bling lifestyle, like the worship of money and capitalism. And this is what's going to make you happy, but it's just a lie. But yeah, something that, I mean, we did want to talk a little bit more about feminism or neo-feminism. Because it's hard to understand, in a sense, like what, what neo-feminism is trying to achieve in this age. You know, women have the same rights as men, at least throughout the Western world. Yes. They would argue they don't. They say that there's a giant pay gap. I don't see that well, there, myself. There, I know that in sports, they in the women's England team... They, you know, get paid as much as the men. Yeah, right. Like... And in... Like, okay, let's say, for example, keeping on sports, male sports stars, male football players, for example, will get paid a lot more than the women, but they gross more money. Mm. The stadiums will be packed out yeah. to see the likes of Ronaldo or the, the teams in the Premier League play. Yeah, it's all relative. It's, it's so all relative. that's why they get paid more money. The same as, say male movie stars get paid more than female movie stars but that's because people queue around the block to see the latest movie with Tom Cruise Tom Cruise or Leonardo DiCaprio or but they won't do that necessarily for women actors very seldomly they just don't rack up the numbers in the same way so it always comes down to that when you're talking about the very top and that's where the inequality exists yeah when you're looking at, like, there's more, for example, there's more men, like, CEOs and really high up in company directors and stuff. But that's because to get to the very top like that, you have to be completely ruthless, put that, put your job and your career before anything, anything else. else. Forget having kids and being a mum and stuff. Uh, you've you've got to, like, sacrifice everything mm. to do that. And more men are willing to do that than women. Yeah, because... Women, By far. Because women would like to have children, and they wouldn't like to have children late, that late. Yeah. Most of them would like, like to have a family a reasonable time. And they might just decide that there are more important things to life, and that is more, you know, to rise to the top like that, maybe it is more of a masculine drive to yeah. do that. And women will be like, no, do you know what? I don't need to do that. No. I'd rather do this instead, yeah. which would be, for example, having children or... Just stopping at a point and not having that kind of almost psychotic drive to be like, I want to be, I don't want to be a millionaire, I want to be a billionaire. It's yeah. like, maybe that is just a guy thing. 
But in, in a similar way, when you go to the other extreme, to the really shitty, dangerous, low-paid jobs, they're all done by men. It's yeah. men that are down in the sewers. It's men that are up the top of scaffolding and uh, electrical pylons, electrocuting themselves and mm. out on, like, uh, rigs in the ocean and it's doing all these really shitty, dangerous it's jobs. It's true. You know, they, they do bear up the brunt of a lot of them. And yeah. women wouldn't be able to do a lot of those jobs because of their physique, you yeah, know. And, and they just wouldn't, again, they just wouldn't necessarily have the desire to do so. And, and that's happening on a daily basis. Like All these men are going out and doing these, like breaking their backs in half to do all these jobs. You know, that should be celebrated for a month, like pride. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> Gra- like... Grafter's pride. You know, talking, we were talking about Jordan Peterson earlier, there's, there's a clip of him speaking where he says, you know, there's, there's an army of men out there breaking themselves in half every day to fix everything that always breaks. Where, where's the thanks for that? Shouldn't we get a month where we celebrate that? No, instead it's celebrating pride, which has just turned into a celebration of degeneracy. Yeah, so in our next episode, we're going to continue our journey, our battle of the sexes in Gender Wars Part 2. And we're going to be getting into more of the LGBT movement, mm, some, pride. Some of the weirder stuff. <laughs> transhumanism. And the attack on women's sports and women's safe spaces. And we've kind of set the groundwork for that today, really, because towards the end of this episode, we've been kind of questioning, like, where have all the men gone? Mm. And that's what I think a lot of women are asking themselves now, literally. Yeah. Because now they're under attack in a major way, but the men aren't there to stand up for them. It's the women actually having to fight for their rights being conserved where have all the men gone well they're in the women's toilet dressed as women or gagged up with a mask on a sofa at home afraid to speak up for themselves it's a sad state of affairs but yeah (laughs) we'll be going into that all and more next time around and in the meantime if you want to get some more content for us because we've been a bit lax and only put this episode out since the special on king charles but we do actually have some exclusive content on our rumble channel oh yes a brand new series with newspaste and schism favorite johnny vedmore where we're taking a deep dive into the road that led to the takedown of jeffrey epstein and a rather interesting character called Pottinger, who was the lawyer and defence for some of Epstein's most prominent victims, Mm. who has actually been involved in every infamous conspiracy cover-up for the last 50 years. So Turns out also knew Epstein pretty well himself. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and we'd be unravelling that tangled web in our Rumble series. Part one is up now, so head over there to get some more content right away. In the meantime, we'll be speaking to you very soon, so stay tuned for more Gender Wars coming up in the near future. I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Schism. We've got plenty more episodes on the way. In the meantime, follow us on our Instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies.